Hello and welcome back to the After Crossbar podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and as ever, Brad Morris. Now, before we get into this week's episode, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us from and follow us on Twitter at OffTCPod for all the latest news and stories. Now, Brad, the Champions League, it didn't disappoint us this week, did it? No, we were gifted a lot of moments, which, of course, we always expect from the Champions League. Given the quality of fixtures that we were given as well but of course we're still dealt with absolute bottle jobs yes of course I mean who else can we talk about when we say Champions League and bottle jobs it is of course Paris Saint-Germain Wednesday night go to the Santiago Bernabeu with a 1-0 lead already after the first leg, Kylian Mbappe scored late on in that first leg and you're thinking okay maybe they could just hold on for this play out a 0-0 draw will go on and get the win. Uh, there was obviously doubts before the game whether Mbappe would be playing because uh, he picked up an injury in training beforehand, but uh, he obviously was fit to play. And then it seemed to be a good start for them just before half-time. Mbappe doubles their lead. Um, however, Karen Benzema seemed to have other ideas this uh, second half. Yeah, by God, was he unreal. In this, like, he mm. stepped up when they needed him to the most. But uh, we could talk yeah. about Benzema, but I feel we just need to really focus on PSG because they threw this game away completely. They they had all yeah. the chances in the first half. They almost mm-hmm. went two 0 up on the game itself, killing Mbappe. That disgusting step over to completely fall Thibaut yeah. Courtois. Like I don't care if he was offside. <laughs> I'd, I'd always be tempted to give it. <laughs> yeah, he is one of them where you're like, I don't want to rule it offside, but I have to rule it offside. Yeah, I don't care that you're about five yards into Barcelona. That's how far offside you are. I'd... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but don't be saying he's in Barcelona because Real Madrid fans won't be happy come the summer. No, they weren't. They were, the they were big fans of Mbappe, chanting his name. At the end, and even Mbappe himself was very yeah. keen when it came to swapping shirts at the end. Getting ready for his presentation in June. But yeah, I mean, you, you look back at that first half and you think, okay, PSG should easily put this game to bed and there's no way in hell that Real Madrid are getting back, despite obviously being the most successful club in Champions League history and everything. You th- I was just thinking there's just too much for them to try and claw it back, but... Luka Modric, Karim Benzema, the whole Real Madrid team just stepped up in that second half and just absolutely took over. Yeah, they did. It was weird. Hey, PSG, how are you getting pressed heavily by 59-year-old Luka Modric? <laughs> Don't disrespect Modric like that. He's one of the best midfielders to ever play the game. The midfield three has never really changed for Real Madrid. It's always been the usual suspects that are involved. But they've never been known as like high-press Midfield, so it was just hilarious mm. seeing PSG get completely mugged off by him. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's just embarrassing. At this point, are we at the point now where PSG just don't deserve the money they have? That it should be taken away from them. They've missed their opportunity, so give it to someone else. Mm. I mean, this is what a decade's worth now that they've had the investment from Nasir El Khalifa and the rest of the Qatari lot. Yeah, I don't care how many league titles you've won. When you come to any sort of European football, you're basically French Spurs. Yeah, 100%. I mean, let's just take it back a couple of years. 2019, 
the fact that they lost to that Man United team as well. But like, Jesus Christ. I remember Ollie was at the wheel and it was a good time and <laughs> many good things were going to happen. <sighs> if only. If only. But yeah, PSG in, and Champions League knockout football just don't go together. Yes, they may get far back in, what was it, 2020 they got to the final? Y- yeah. But even in that final itself, they bottled it. They didn't really turn up. Neymar wasn't great. Like, I thought he was okay in this, to be fair to him. The first half mm. he was involved, but Mbappe was the one running the show. Everyone else wasn't really too involved. Yeah. Like, defensively, PSG were mm. a mess. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that I saw a stat after that game that Lionel Messi had more tackles, uh, successful tackles than Presnel Kimpembe and Marquinhos did in that game is embarrassing. That is bad. Poor, poor Lionel. He's got for Barcelona. Think, well, we, I can't bottle another Champions League. Oh God, I've come to the the ultimate bottle jobs. Yeah, I feel like they should replace their Eiffel Tower on their uh, badge with a fucking bottle when it comes to Champions League football because they are god awful in European football. We're talking, I mean, about, we're talking about Messi, but really, Pochettino. This poor yeah. guy is forever to be the bridesmaid and never the bride. Yes. And the fact that, that I, it was some scandalous reports after uh, words saying that he could potentially uh, be sacked after the game was just ridiculous. See, it's scandalous, but it's the PSG way. A little bit, if you noticed. Like, yeah. We know how they react in these situations, and uh, they will sack him, I feel, towards the end of the season. And I have an option I think they will probably go for, it just feels obvious at this point or a missed opportunity if they don't but in terms of this game I don't believe this was on Pochettino that much at all no I think that was mainly on the players uh, performing really poorly and it's not Pochettino's fault that Donnarumma thinks he's got about half an hour's worth of time on the ball yeah it's not Pochettino's fault that Marco Verratti can't pass a ball back to his defence instead of just holding it like waiting to be surrounded by a hundred midfielders or the chance where he had to square it to Messi in the penalty box and instead he tries to take a shot on and it's just you see Messi afterwards just screaming at him like just pass me the ball and you just think to yourself it's these simple mistakes that are costing PSG games and ultimately like you say Pochettino will be the one to pay for his job come the end of the season more than likely because I mean what he's got another year left on his contract anyway and, it, and uh, it's not and like PSG to make a mistake he's sacking a manager I mean Thomas Tuchel didn't go on to do anything good what was that a Champions League he won Club World Cup as well yeah just just normal PSG things to get it wrong when sacking a manager it seems uh, but yeah if we dance to it like, who Karen, but, if we go to the Benson talk, we will get there. But who do you think it would be that would go in at PSG next? I mean, you got to look at the blatant obvious being Zizou. Uh, but it's the thing is, he had superstars at Real Madrid, and he dealt with them well, apart from the whole Gareth Bale situation. Because well, I don't think Gareth Bale cares about football anymore. But the less said about him, the better. This PSG squad is just got. And um, we've said it before on the podcast: too many prima donnas, and I don't think anyone can sort this squad out. Yeah, like we're in the summer, 
Like, we'd seen them, they'd done the massive lineup of their new free agents that they're all signed. Like, podcast listeners, I do air quotes when I say free agents because they weren't, they're all on gigantic wages that cost a fortune. But it was all yeah, the talk of. There's no such thing as free agents in football. There's all the talk of PSG, they've, they've done career mode in real life. Look at all of this, they've got all of these amazing players we've signed. Can they play together? Well, who cares, really? Look at them. Look at them in that Jordan kits. Still, some of the best kids in football, though. I will say that. They're models, not footballers. Yep, they're a fashion club rather than a football club. And yeah, I think whoever goes in next just needs to get this whole squad just sorted out and give them a right bollock in and say, look, I don't care if you want to be the best player in the world or you are the best player in the world. You play together as a fucking team, otherwise you're out of the fucking squad and I feel like Zidane obviously we've seen the whole situation with Gareth Bale he's not afraid to drop a big name player so I feel like Zidane could potentially work in that sense if Neymar's doing some dumb shit over a long period of time I feel like he would happily drop him Uh, whether obviously Nasir Al-Khalifa and the board would like that is something else Dude you've also got to remember that PSG is full of players who clearly have a bit of power and don't like being too too much. They don't like being told what to do like massively, otherwise they will just start something. They will cause discontent. Yeah, We've seen it, it happen with the Tuchel. Yeah, and I feel like it's kind of happening under Poch a bit. Well, we saw it, like, not like, as bad as it did on the Cardi still would have absolutely started something beyond the scenes oh yeah 100% it would have done but and then just... there's Mbappe stuff yeah that's been going on what a whole year maybe a year and a half now with him signing a new contract Will he, won't he sign a new contract and now obviously he looks set to leave despite PSG trying their best efforts to keep him at the club it's a lot of troublesome for any manager to deal with in world football no matter how good you are yeah, let's finally do it. Karim Benzema, is this man criminally underrated? Yes. Yes, he is. Uh, he is one of the best number nines to have ever played the game of football. What a man. The oldest man to score a hat-trick in the Champions League now. He's got 30 goals in all competitions this season. And I just feel like he's not getting talked enough about. Like, he is just phenomenal. He's on the Lewandowski level, I guess. What he's not scoring at the level of Lewandowski, he does really turn up when it comes to the big games as well. And we said yeah. he broke the record, was it? The highest amount of goals in the Champions League by a Frenchman. Now that's saying yeah. a hell of a lot. He's now Real Madrid's third all-time top goal scorer. He's well. just as incredible. So, like... Yeah, I mean, I think what many people didn't appreciate, and I said this to you yesterday uh, off stuff, was when he joined Real Madrid, it was the same summer as Cristiano Ronaldo, and they spent, what, eight, nine years together? So he was always going to be in Ronaldo's limelight, and uh, rightly so, because Cristiano Ronaldo, again, one of the best players to ever play the game of football, and he was phenomenal at Real Madrid. Do you know so the best comparison? He goes to... Go on. It's 
like is it always the bit like Scotty Pippin with Michael Jordan a little bit so MJ's gone at short time you now have to step up only but Scotty Pippin didn't win the championship without Michael Jordan but Karim Benzema has a real chance to do amazing things for Real Madrid without Ronaldo being there yeah I guess you could say it's like that team full of superstars explaining basketball terms is that what I've come with yeah which is weird for us for once uh, yeah, but yeah I've watched the last not long ago <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely but yeah Benzema what a phenomenal player uh, I th- I, yeah if you, I don't know if there was a poll right now or somebody had a gun to my head and asked me to pick between Benzema and Lewandowski I don't think I could they're quite I equal right now I yeah pick. I would agree in that. but yeah, if you I were giving me the option two... between Benzema and Mbappe or Lewandowski I'm taking Mbappe all day long <sighs> I, I don't know I actually don't know I always wonder if he maybe needs this Real Madrid move where he is the number one guy though this will be the mm. move that actually properly catapults him and just keeps him focused, hopefully, but we don't know, and I'm not too sure. But could that then hinder Karim Benzema? But you've got to remember, Benzema's going to the toilet years of his career, even though he seems to be getting better in that time. They will look at him and go, well, he's not a long-term prospect. We need to focus on our long-term franchise guy, if we're going to put it in American ways. Yeah. Round with five on having... A load of top players, but then one absolute superhuman being, and that could be Mbappe if they allow him to do that. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see if, as expected, that move does go ahead this summer, how him and uh, Benzema play together, because obviously we haven't seen it in the French national team. I bet we have, but... It's there's a remember French French football have this weird thing with Giroud, like he's also turning up still now and again in every big game, and he's one who's heavily liked by Deschamps. Yeah, and is doing incredible over in AC Milan yeah. as well. It's a weird thing French strikers they get better as they get older. Yeah, like a lot of good French rings, as it gets older, it gets better. Wine, cheese, football players. Not Arsene Wenger. That's just rude. <laughs> no, it's Giroud, not rude. Yeah, moving on now. Let's talk about the other games. Yeah, um, Liverpool into Milan on uh, Tuesday evening. Game had it all, this one, didn't it? I mean, it looked comfortable heading into the tie. Liverpool 2-0 up after the first leg. You're thinking, OK, should be an easy victory for Jurgen Klopp's side heading into uh, the second leg before they advanced to the quarterfinals. Didn't go to plan, did it? No, but I mean, I did think Liverpool were very good in this. They hit the post three times, so we like they all the woodwork mm. in general. I, despite the scoreline, I felt they'd done enough to go through. Uh, it's a, yeah. just turned it on. In the end, they got the goal when Martin Ignace put it in but then along comes Alexis Sanchez to ruin everything Jesus Christ 
when you want the man to do well after his treacherous time uh, or end to his time here in England you're like come on let's go and obviously being a Man United fan I'd want Liverpool to get knocked out of the Champions League always have done always will do and I was like yes Lautaro Martinez is going to do it and then nope Alexis Sanchez does what he does gets sent off I mean admittedly I think that first one could have actually been a red card itself yeah I always forget which one was the was the one that got him sent off in the end wasn't the one where he got the ball first but then followed for it was it Yes. That was the second one. Yeah. Yeah. That was the second yeah, one. Yeah, second yellow. It's the second yellow. Although, like, it's, mm. just, cause it's weird because... There was a lot of... We were discussing beforehand, or we haven't got a worse tackle, but then I've just remembered. I'm all for female pundits, but Farrah Williams was just not right at all with what she was saying on that challenge. No. Like, whether he could have pulled his foot out or not that is a red card and it has to be there's nothing the ref can do about that apart from uh, issue the red card because it is a red card challenge and I don't think Sanchez really needs to do that challenge in terms of like where uh, the whole action of the game was and it's just one of them where I think if he doesn't do that and they stay to 11 players I do think they potentially could have got that second goal to force extra time and so on and so forth yeah felt like momentum shifted back after that a little bit mm. but with Sanji oh, he, like, he, he did get the ball I think he, if he gets the ball that maybe he doesn't get Fabinho like he missed he just missed it mm. it's, I mean it's one of them We'll never know what would have happened if he didn't do this and all this, that and the other. It's going to be one that we could be questioning for uh, the rest of the season. But uh, congratulations to Liverpool who are through to the quarterfinals. The other team that played on Tuesday, Bayern Munich. Jesus Christ, did they kill uh, Red Bull Salzburg? I mean, absolutely. Police, I'd like to report a murder. That took place apparently on last Tuesday. Yeah, uh, Lewandowski doing what Lewandowski does: casually scoring a hat trick. Yeah, I mean, was it a? I can't remember. What it was a twenty-something minute hat trick. Twenty. Uh, well, he was scored it in twenty-three minutes from the get-go of the game, but it was a eleven-minute hat trick in terms of from his first goal to his third it's goal. It's a freak. We'll be having the debate all day long whether. He... Benzema or Lewandowski is better right now, really. <laughs> and then, well, Thibaut Courtois' comments just annoyed me there. Because he said oh, uh, two of Lewandowski's were from the penalty spot, so that's why Benzema's That's not on Lewandowski, but that's on Salzburg. A hat-trick's still a hat-trick. Well, yeah, and a hat-trick's still a hat-trick. You don't get more points awarded to you whether you score two penalties or not. It's, it's still a hat-trick. You both go away with the match ball. Yeah, drew down the last thing we bought him because this was just so unfair. Really, they looked at that first leg. They went, little Salzburg, how dare you give us a game? Yes. Who are you, you puny little Austrian club? They saw Red Bull in the title and went, Leipzig! <laughs> uh, absolutely destroyed them and sent them rushing back to the mountains looking for the sound of music 
that sounded better in your head. It sounded a lot better in your head, that one. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Um, So, yeah, they won 7-1 in that game and absolutely cruised through to the quarterfinals. And it always seemed that cruised through, not from the second leg, but just the fact they were already through after the first leg. Man City, their second leg game was boring. And I completely forgot it was on at times. Yeah, thank God Real Madrid and PSG uh, was on the same day. Was... We just could put our full focus on that one. <sighs> Jesus Christ, imagine if it wasn't. Imagine if Man City Sporting was the only game that was on. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, F- uh, 5-0 up after the first leg, so Pep made a uh, handful of changes, uh, including handing uh, Conrad Egan Riley uh, his first start. And then uh, again, some of the changes he made in the second half, bringing on James uh, McAtee, a r- really highly touted youngster, Luke Mabete, Tabu as well. Again, another good youngster coming through the academy ranks, which Man City definitely do have a good uh, host of players coming through. And it was the first Champions League start since 2000, or not start, uh, appearance since 2005 for Scott Carson. Yeah, didn't he get injured? He did pretty much. What, within five minutes of coming on, yeah, was it? Yeah, uh, yeah. He managed to continue anyway, but and it's did, very unlikely that, that we see Scott Carson. Well, yeah, it's unlikely we see Scott Carson again for the rest of the season. However, uh, Pep Guardiola side won't care. They did all they needed to, and uh, obviously comfortably through to the quarterfinals. So we still have the other four set of fixtures to take place next Tuesday and Wednesday uh, a reminder they are Man United versus Ajax uh, Man United versus Atletico Madrid sorry you're lucky you're not playing on Ajax versus Benfica yes Juventus versus Villarreal and Lille versus Chelsea Premier League well, let's, let's head to the Premier the League title race yeah um, I mean six point gap between City and Liverpool obviously Liverpool still have that game in hand uh, over Manchester City and this weekend they kick us off this weekend's action as they travel to Brighton at half past 12 which in the past you'd say maybe is an easy game because of you look at Liverpool's record I mean uh, they lost their first six meetings with Liverpool in the Premier League though they are unbeaten in their last three winning one and drawing two I mean could Brighton surprise us? They're not on a great run at the moment, are they, Brighton? No, I mean, they've lost their last four league games and haven't won since uh, the 12th of February. But You could almost the say time, they're on the beach. For me, they... Although it's Brighton, so they're always technically on the beach. I mean, can you class that as a beach and it's all pebbles? Oh, but we can't talk, we're from Birmingham, so we've never seen a beach. Yeah, we're the furthest away from a beach possible in the United Kingdom. Anyway, back to the football. Um, the only thing that Brighton potentially could take into their hands is the fact that Liverpool did play midweek and uh, they haven't played this midweek. I nearly said they did, but they didn't. Um, so there's that they can take in order. And I'm just thinking realistically, Although they did have a good start to the season, like you said, they have curtailed off a bit and look like they are on the beach. I think it should be comfortable for Jurgen Klopp's side. Um, the first fixture this season was a 2-2 draw um, 
which I think many were surprised with back uh, in October, was that? Yeah. I feel yeah, like at that time, Liverpool weren't what they are now, and Brighton were on a very good run of form as well. Yeah, and were a lot more clinical with their chances and that than they are. But yeah, I think on paper you should say this is a easy win for Liverpool, but there's also parts of me that's saying, mm, I'm not too sure. Yeah, it could be one of those funny ones where Brighton actually find their way again and they make it so difficult for Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we'll have a look at the uh, table toppers now. Manchester City, now they don't play until Monday evening, so we're not going to talk too much about their game, but Crystal Palace is who they face on Monday evening. I don't think this is going to be an easy tie for Pep Guardiola side. There's something about this that just screams it's either going to be 1 0. Or a scrappy draw. You only have to look at history to say this Crystal Palace are a bit of a bogey team. Mm. 100%. I mean, we go back to, like, a, I know I genuinely do this, but uh, earlier on the season, Palace won 2 0. Conor Gallagher and Wilfred Zahar. I mean, admittedly, they played the second half with 10 players after Laporte got sent off in that game. Uh, but Crystal Palace were the better team on that day. Yeah, something about Man City at times when they play Palace, they just lose it completely. Mm. Which is just really strange. Uh, Palace, again, they're having a much better season than many probably were expecting them to have in 11th place after 28 games, 33 points. And considering this is Vieira's first season with them, you've got to say it's been a really good job that he's done so far. Yeah, fair play to They've proved people wrong, I think. I was very hit and miss I didn't really know because they could say well yeah, well done we proved him wrong but Patrick Vieira there was a lot of uncertainty whether he could do it in the Premier League and I think he's proven that he can and recruitment wise I think Palace did very well yeah really really well with what they've done uh, business wise the big, big question with last... Crystal Palace will be can they carry that on into next season I find it unlikely they're going to keep a Conor a Conor Gallagher Conor Gallagher yeah. Um, and clubs are going to be I circling mean, around the likes of Michael Elisa who has been fantastic as well yeah I mean it's one of them where we can talk about that uh, the summer months uh, what will happen with Palace and into next season what they will do it's obviously uh, for a different day but um, looking to this one like I said at the start of it I think it's going to be a real scrappy game and I don't think it will be an easy game for Pep Guardiola's side yeah well, talking of game with two quality teams to two that I think are going to be trying their best to lose it and that's Manchester United against Tottenham yeah uh, Sunday's half five fifth versus the bottle jobbed up <sighs> honestly I don't know how this is going to go you know it's weird because it's a game which both teams have the ability to cock it all up but I still definitely feel that one team has more of a chance of winning this than the ones that wear red. <sighs> I genuinely I, believe Tottenham have the ability here to absolutely smash you again. I don't think it'll be at the levels of a 6-1, but this could get bad. It could do, and I do you think it possibly could be one of them where you see Spurs go out and absolutely trudging Man United but then again if you think back to 
the, the earlier game this season, United just outplayed Spurs. I mean, yes. I think Spurs are a different prospect, manager, though, at this point. Different manager at the time? I can't, ooh, it, was when Nuno, didn't, yeah. uh, it was Nuno. Was that Nuno's yeah. last game? Pernod's I can't remember game. if it was his last game, but different Spurs team. I look at them now and you think there's goals in it, like Harry Kane's back. Like Son as well is playing great. Kulisevsky's looked pretty good. The midfields looked okay. Defensively, they looked pretty solid as well. Mm, but then my counteract to that is who got they goals really... And Manchester United have not got that. Yeah. I think my who thing knows if Ronaldo's even going to be feeling like playing at all this week? Well, I think he will do. Uh, I think we'll is see. Is he just scared of Pep Guardiola? Is that it? Yes. Um, honestly, I don't know how to see this one playing out. I really don't. Um, I, I, I think it really does. It depends on what Man United and what Tottenham Hotspur show up. But uh, we've seen it the last few weeks. I think we know which Manchester United are going to show up. <sighs> Let's hope for a surprise from them. Oh, you mad. I hope they get bad. Why? Well, see, I'm being too minded now because I need to start hoping Tottenham slip up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Given the position of my team and how close we are to them. Nine points, not that close. God, see, that just hurts. Imagine if we'd beaten Leeds the first time and then didn't lose to Newcastle and Watford. Hmm. So depressing. It would be a whole different conversation. Very depressing. But that's Aston Villa Football Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm not even going to talk. I can't talk about this game anymore. I just, I don't know how to even think it was going to go. Let's just say Monday will be very depressing if Tottenham do absolutely crush Manchester United at Old Trafford. This time in front of fans. <laughs> you thought the 6-1 was bad in an empty stadium. Imagine what a thrashing would look like with fans in. Jesus Christ. I don't want to. Um, Sunday's fixtures, though. Chelsea, Newcastle get us underway. Or, or one of the many early games on uh, Sunday. Chelsea, Newcastle. Um, obviously, been a busy week at Chelsea. Uh, we spoke about it yesterday in our Go Into Extra Time special. So if you haven't listened to that already, go check it out. Uh, we go into the whole stuff about the sanctions that the club have been placed under. Um as, how do you see this one going? Because if you look at Newcastle uh, yesterday, they looked absolutely uh, really good against Southampton coming uh, to win that game 2-1. And that Bruno Guamarish goal, wow. God, yeah, that, what that a... guy is going to be quality for them. And it wasn't even just yesterday. Newcastle have been great for a few weeks now. They're on a very, very good run of form. So good that they're no longer in that relegation fight that they were looking like they were going to be in. Yeah, I think I remember, if I'm correct here, they've taken either 20 or 21 points out of a possible 24 since like the turn of the year. It feels like something like that. I feel like eight games is a a number that I heard somewhere, but Mm. yeah. It's just an incredible turnaround. Newcastle definitely have a chance of getting something from this as well, if they are on it. Chelsea's mind mm. may not be fully on football and it would be completely understandable. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I think if you're Newcastle, you've got to take every possible advantage you can do. Um, 
You take advantage of <laughs> the fact that it's not going to be a full stadium, either. Mm, no, it might be. Oh, could it be? Because they would have sold the tickets already. Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't think about that, yeah. So, that's why. The harder just going to go, so yeah, sorry, lad, you can't come in. Take that, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in <having> that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the bailiff's just going, uh, no, sorry, lad, you ain't coming in, in here. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Newcastle leave Stamford Bridge with a victory on Sunday. Mm. I feel like they could get a draw, minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, let's uh, wrap through the rest of the weekend's games. We have Brentford versus Burnley on Saturday lunchtime. Um, a real relegation six pointer here. Obviously, Burnley are in uh, the relegation zone at the minute, and Brentford have gone. Uh, on a massive downward spiral compared to the start of the season. Obviously not in that relegation scrap just yet, but it is something that they are obviously constantly looking over their shoulder that they could potentially be dragged into. They proved by beating Norwich 3-0 that they might just have enough to stay up, but then mm. there are worse teams below them. And I think if you're going to put the worst teams conversation, it's the next two, and that's Leeds-Norwich. Yeah, um, obviously... They are one of the Sunday fixtures. Norwich, bottom of the table, leads in 16th. Hasn't been uh, the start to life in England that Jesse Marsh would have hoped for. Uh, hasn't gone well for them at the moment. Now, I was prepared to back Leeds. I thought they'll have enough. I think their style of football is good enough to keep them out of it compared to those around them. And then mm. I watched them and, yeah, this is, they're bad. They are so bad. Yeah. However, this game against Norwich is the type of game that they could or they do need that if they get a victory, it could then spur them on to go on a bit of a run. Let's face it, if they don't win this, they are in it. I'm not saying they're doomed, but I will be thinking of them as actual proper candidates to go down. I'd put them in the Everton and bottom three category fully if they do lose this game. Oh, 100%. I have to 100% agree with you. If they don't take maximum points this weekend from this fixture, you've got to include them in the relegation talk. Well, they already are in the relegation talk. It's just whether you fully believe they are going down. Yeah. Are they? Are, the way I see, all those like the Brentford downwards, they're all so bad form wise that any of them could go realistically. Yeah. And I don't know who goes. I really don't. I feel like I know two of them in my mind. I just can't pick that third team. What, you think Norwich and Watford are gone? I think Norwich are definitely gone. And after yesterday, when they were battered by Wolves, I think Watford will be gone as, as well. Mm. At least we'll have more GoPro in the goal next season in the Championship. That's one benefit of it. I felt so bad for Ben Foster when he made that mistake. Some people won't be making the final edit. Hmm. <laughs> just see all the goals Ben what happened with that one goal is that shut up shut up yeah. don't know what you're talking about we'll just show another clip of me cycling around at Warwickshire <laughs> uh, oh no the yeah, footage uh, seems to have been misplaced oh the clip's corrupted oh <laughs> speaking of Watford they travel to Southampton this weekend I, I genuinely think this could be another 2 3 nil in favour of Southampton. Right, it's a weird one with Southampton because they've not been playing too great themselves lately. 
Like you lose mm, to obviously. like Villa, who hadn't been playing too well at that time, and then you lose to Newcastle, who haven't been great all season, despite the good form that they've been on. Mm. There's a chance for Watford, I still feel. But then you look at the two games previous to that, and they played teams in and around them, and they won both of their games 2-0. They beat um, in and around the relegation zone, sorry, Southampton. Uh, they beat Everton 2-0 and beat... Norwich 2-0 so that gives uh, Saints fans that bit of hope that they could get something against it does. Uh, I still think they're their favourites but they should still oh, yeah. be warned that Watford will be up for it Yep. Uh, let's quickly go through the other fixtures we have Everton versus Wolves West Ham versus Aston Villa Arsenal versus Leicester City to round us off on Sunday afternoon which could be a very good game it's yeah. just something I, in this fixture if I add something with Everton as well, this could be another bad one if they allow it. What Wolves clearly have the goals in them, as we saw against Watford. Mm. And if they play like they did against Tottenham, Jesus Christ! Uh, they're if they're in the relegation zone by the end of this weekend, Jesus Christ! All hell Christ. break loose. <laughs> yeah, it could be some of the worst scenes you've seen in Merseyside for a good uh, amount of years. I don't know what you're advocating for there, but... <laughs> it doesn't really matter there. Uh, right, let's have a look at the European schedule now for this weekend, and we'll start off over in Spain. And it starts off tonight as Atletico Madrid play host to Cadiz. Uh, obviously, level on points with Barcelona, and both them and Barcelona are in the top four now. It's just a matter of who can secure that third place. I'm not too sure who at this minute in time will get the final couple of uh, Champions League spots in Spain because obviously you've got Real Betis in and around there as well and as well as Real Sociedad. But yeah, uh, I think it's advantage Atletico Madrid in terms of this weekend as they start us off. Then we have a look at Barcelona. They play host to Osasuna on uh, Sunday evening and league leaders Real Madrid don't play until Monday evening when they travel to Real Mallorca. Over in the Bundesliga this weekend, Bayern Munich, very interesting game. They uh, play fourth place Hoffenheim. Um, you'd ex- Previously on paper, you'd say, oh, that's an easy Bayern Munich win, obviously, because of how much they dominate the Bundesliga. But there's something about this game that I, I wouldn't be surprised if come, uh, what, Saturday afternoon or Saturday tea time, you see that Hoffenheim have won this game. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen Hoffenheim's form going into this, but Bayern have definitely slipped up in the odd game that we've seen. But I mean, Ho- no one else has really taken advantage of that. Mm, Hoffenheim have won their last four games. Okay, they're on a pretty good run of form then, and Bayern will definitely look to stop that. Mm. Uh, elsewhere in the Bundesliga this weekend, second place Borussia Dortmund are back in uh, league action this week after missing last weekend due to their game against Mainz being postponed. So they play host to Arminia Bielfeld, Bayer Leverkusen play Cologne, and RB Leipzig travel to uh, Greuther Firth on Sunday evening. Over in Italy this weekend, we have AC Milan playing Empoli on Sunday, uh, Saturday evening, as well as. Sampdoria playing host to Juventus on Sunday we have uh, the big game as Fiorentina take on Bologna which is always a good game for uh, those two sets of fans uh, no matter how the teams are playing in the league and then elsewhere we have Torino playing host to Inter Milan Udinese playing host to 
AS Roma and Napoli, they are travelling to uh, Hellas Verona. So some very uh, intriguing ties there in Italy. And then finally, over in France this weekend, PSG, they play bottom side Bordeaux. So that should be a comfortable win for PSG. Nice, who are in second, they travel to uh, Montpellier on Saturday evening. And third place, Marseille play against Brest on Sunday evening so should be some comfortable wins for those uh, sides at the top of Liege 1 PSG will be smelling blood but then you also remember it's PSG so they potentially could bottle it well who knows what? they're not going to bottle the league are they no Jesus Christ that's not going to happen surely not <laughs> Right, uh, shall we move on to the Predictions League? Yes, let's speed through this. Yep, so uh, there's still the three-point gap uh, after last week's results. I can't remember the the exact points, uh, but it is still 82 to me and 85 to you. I did get the extra fantasy point. Uh, First up, we have Brentford versus Burnley. Brentford, Burnley, yeah... I am backing Burnley. And they're going to win 2 0. Okay, uh, I've gone for a 1 1 draw there. Uh, next up is Arsenal versus Leicester City. Yeah, this is easy. Uh, Arsenal will win this 2 1. I've also gone for an Arsenal victory, but I've gone for 2 0. The same scoreline in that reverse fixture where they absolutely dominated Leicester. Because uh, Leicester now they've lost Jamie Vardy again, it's not going to yeah. be good. Uh, final That's Premier a shame League game for this Vardy, really. That yeah. Uh, final Premier League game is Everton versus Wolves. Three 0 Wolves. I've also gone for a Wolves victory, but I've gone three one. I've got a bad feeling this is going to get bad for Everton. Yeah. Uh, over to our European games now and we start off with that big game in Germany that I spoke about first versus fourth as Hoffenheim play host to Bayern Munich what have you got for us there? 3-1 to Bayern Munich I've gone uh, 3-2 to Bayern Munich uh, next up we have an interesting game happening over in the Eredivisie as AZ Alkmaar play FC20 Blimey, this is really different so uh, I'll go AZ Alkmaar and I um, I've gone for a 2-2 draw in that game and finally the big one in Italy as we spoke about uh, very briefly between Fiorentina and Bologna 1-0 I have gone for uh, 2-1-2 Fiorentina so they are our predictions as we head into another weekend of Predictions League and Fantasy changes, I've uh, just made the one this week as I've bought in Armando Broja uh, into the attack because I just feel like he's going to score against Watford and he's replaced uh, Neil Morpé, who hasn't done anything in ages. Yeah, I decided to make two changes. I brought in Bakayo Saka at the start and then I realised I need Philippe Coutinho in my team and decided to take the cost that came with it. And I've also (laughs) decided that this week I've gone bold. Harry Kane is triple captain. 
and for the sake of Man United fans, they'll be praying that that goes extremely wrong and you look like an idiot. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Let's let's wrap up now with um, the awards of the week. My word! That is quite something. I don't know, Jeff. Has it? I do not believe what I've just seen. Trying to scoop the greatest jingle in all of football podcasts. How dare you? Apologies. So this week, and it had to be this one because a literal definition of that is quite something. Because a world record was broken this week. Yes, I do know the story you're talking about, but I will allow you to proceed with it. Right. So on Wednesday, it was the Ernest Armstrong Memorial Cup in English non-league football between. Washington and Bedlington so it went to penalties and the penalty shootout lasted for 54 penalties Jesus Christ honestly at, at that point once it gets past everyone taking two penalties j- just fucking rock paper scissors if guys for fuck's sake best of three 25-24 was the final scoring penalties after it was free all in the normal game 49 out of 54 penalty scores. Yeah, you're right. Just, you'd stop after the second. If you've got to go around a second time to do it, you'd just go as a rock, paper, scissors at that point. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It gets ridiculous now. Uh, I did see... I don't know how true it was, but apparently there was more penalties taken than there was fans at the game. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was going to add that fact. <laughs> Which is possibly the weirdest, but also one of the saddest things I've ever seen. That's the greatest stat ever. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, if that doesn't sum up non-league football, then I don't know what does. Just fantastic. I've said, in this country, there is a, a wave going on of penalty shootouts going on forever. Yeah. Well, I'm, hoping don't have to see that. I'm hoping we don't have to see any more penalty shootouts like that, because I genuinely would probably get bored and turn off the penalty shootout myself. I'd love a good penalty shootout. I don't think I could watch 54 penalties being taken, though. That would probably lose the will to live at that point. Yeah. The nerves are um, gone at that point. It's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, does somebody miss? Just get on with it. I want to go home. Could somebody just sky it already? Mm. Right. Is that it this yeah. week? Because I don't actually have a worst take. Unless we well, give it to what Jamie Carragher found the worst says. take in the end. I guess we did find the worst take in the end. Like Farrah Williams comments it really weren't ideal yeah but it didn't need to go personal in all the attacks that happened on her on that night it was sad to see yeah i mean let's not forget she is england's most capped player ever and is a phenomenal player or was a phenomenal player uh but yeah you could disagree with someone you just don't have to go personal and go for their gender just because you don't agree with the opinion exactly it's absolutely ridiculous that we still have to deal with this and mention it in this day and age, but people will be idiots continuously for the rest of time. Right, uh, that is it for this week's show. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you are listening to your podcast from, and like I said at the start, that you are following us on Twitter at OfTCPod for all the latest news and stories, especially regarding the situation at Chelsea Football Club. And until next week, where we'll be looking back at all the action in this week's Premier League hopefully not too uh, annoyed with the weekend's results and have a look to the final set of Champions League games 
You're going to have a terrible weekend. Yep, I know. On that note, anyway, uh, it's goodbye from Brad. Yep, see ya. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you soon.